Actually, Brock, reading Nora Roberts' book, Rising Tide, and I will tell you, this chapter, chapter 17, is a very, very emotional chapter. And so is the next one. And though, you, you, that's what you see. It's going to be perfect. So obviously right. Grace wondered that she th hadn't thought of it before. A sunset sail on calm seas with skies going pink and gold in the west was a custom-made backdrop for both of them. The bay was part of their lives, what it offered and what it took. She knew it was more than a place where ease and work was a place he loved. It had been easy to arrange. All she had to do was ask. He looked surprised and he smiled. I forgot you love to sail, he said. She was touched when he simply expected that Aubrey would come with them. There would be other times, she thought. Lifetime for the three of them. This warm and breezy evening would be the two of them alone. Giddy laughter continued to rise up in her as she imagined his reaction when she asked him to marry her. She could see it so she could see it so clearly the way he would stop, stare at her was a surprise in those wonderful blue eyes. She would smile, hold out her hand to him as they glided along with soft wind and dark water, and she would tell him everything that was in her heart. Then she knew that would be the moment his smile would begin. That slow, beautiful smile that moved degree by degree over the plains and shadows of his face into his eyes. He would probably say something about how he intended to ask, then he'd be getting to it. <laughs> they would both laugh, and they would hold each other as the sun dropped red beyond the shore, and their lives together would really be going off to, Grace. She blinked, always smiling back at her from the Daydreaming, she told him, chuckling to him. Sunset's the best time for daydreams. It's so peaceful. She always nestled herself under him. I'm so glad you could take a few hours off so we can do this. We're going to have the boat trimmed out within the month. He knows it was facing here. A couple weeks ahead of schedule. You all work so hard. It's going to be worth it. You know, we're here today. Oh, this was part of it too. She mused. Easy talk about the days. What did he say? Hardly shut up. So it's hard to know. What he said, said half the time, sprouting off at the last, 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 sprouted off the latest this and that he'd read in his boating magazine. Asked enough questions to make your head ring. But did he like it? I fear he's pleased with her since he grinned like a kid on Christmas morning the whole afternoon. After he left, Cam wanted to beat the, beat me that he would run her aground first time, bet me that he would run her aground the first time out on the bank. Did you take that bet? I don't know. He likely will, but you haven't really sailed the bay until you run aground. Ethan wouldn't. She mused, watching his big content hams on the wheel. He said, I remember when you and your family were building this slope. She shot her fingers over the I was helping out at the waterfront the first time you all took her out. Professor Gwen was at the wheel. And you were working the lines. You waved at me. He's chuckling. She had to look at me. I was thrilled that you noticed me. I was always noticing you. She leaned up and kissed the chin. But you were careful not to let me notice you noticing. Um, impulse. She gave his jaw a teasing it. Until lately. I guess I lost my neck. He turned his head into his mouth. It was lately. Good. With a quiet laugh. laugh. She laid her head on Because I like noticing you notice me. They were alone on the bay, where he stayed well clear of the zipping motorboats out for a summer evening cruise. Flocked with gulls frantically swooped and swirled around the stream, stirring of a skiff where a young girl tossed out bread. He laughed. Her laugh 
carried high and bright to mix with the greedy calls of the birds. The breeze rose up, filling the sails and whisking away the wet heat of the day. A few clouds drifting in the west were going pink around the edges. Almost time, odd she realized she wasn't a bit nervous, a little giddy perhaps. Her head felt so light, her heart so free. Hope so long buried was going right once free. She wondered if he would slip into one of the narrow canals where the shade would be thick and the water, the cool color of tobacco. He could turn past the bob bobbing buoy markers to a quiet place, one with even the goals for company. He was so content with her beside him, he didn't let the wind choose the course. He should, have made, he should make adjustments, he thought. The sails would reef before long if he didn't, but he didn't want to let her go. Not quite yet. The smell of her lemon soap and her hair was soft against his cheek. This could be their lives, he thought. Quiet moments, even sails, standing together, filling little dreams in the big ones. She's having a time of her life, Richmond. Hmm? The little girl there feeding the gulf, she nodded at the direction of the skiff, swallowed as she imagined Aubrey a few years from now, laughing and calling the girl gulls from the stern of Eden. Uh-oh, here comes her little brother to demand his share. She laughed, charmed by the children. They're nice together, she murmured, watching as the two of them. He bred high into the air for eager brazenness. Company for each other. They're more lonely. There's more lonely times for an only child. Ethan closed his eyes a moment as his own half-formed daydream shattered. Should want more children? Deserve them. Life wasn't all pretty. Sails on the bay. I need to trim the sails. You want to take the wheel? I'll trim them. She ran down and she ducked under his arm and moved to port. I haven't forgotten how to handle lines, Captain. No, he thought she hadn't forgotten. She was a good sailor. As at home or on deck as she was in her own kitchen. She ran the rigging with the same skill that she showed when she served her so crowded up. There's not much you can't do, Grace. What? She glanced up and it's not hard to know how to use the wind when you grow up with it. You're a natural sailor. He corrected a wonderful mother, a fine cook. You know how to make people easy around you. Her pulse went from fall, calm to frantic. Would he ask her now? Not after all, before she had this, she just asked him. Those are things I enjoy, she said, watching him watch her. Making a home here in St. Chris contents me. You do the same, Ethan, because it contents you. I've got a need for this place, he said. It's what saved me. He added, but he turned away. She didn't hear it. Grace waited another moment, willing him to speak. Tell her, to ask her. With a shake of her head, she crossed the deck again. Some was sinking, coming close, so close. That long, nightly kiss of the shore, the water was calm. Little wavelets waltzing against the hull. The sails were full and white. The moment she thought Willie Park was now, Ethan, I love you so much. Was it on the ring of that? I love you, Grace. I've always loved you. I always will. He looked down at her then. He saw the emotion coming in her eyes, even in the blue. She looked in the hand to his cheek, held there. She drew him the next breath. Will you marry me? She saw the surprise as she expected, but she didn't notice the way his body went stiff. She rushed on. I want us to be a family. I want to live my life with you, give you children, make you happy. Haven't we waited long enough? She waited now, but she didn't see the slow smile slip across his face into his eyes. He only continued to stare at her. The thought that she thought might be horror. The only wings of panic on her. Something. 
adding I know you might have planned to do this differently Ethan me asking you as a surprise but I want us to be together really together why didn't he say something her mind's going to anything why did he just stare at her as if she slapped him I don't need Courtney her voice seems so she stopped to try to leave not that I don't love things like flowers and candlelight dinners but all I really need is for you to be there I want to be your wife but Afraid he would shatter if he looked into those hurt and baffled eyes. Another instant, he turned around, his hands white now going, We have to come about. What? She jerked back, staring at his set face. At the muscle that worked in his jaw, his heart was still pounding. Her heart was still pounding, but no longer in anticipation. That was it. You have nothing to say to me, set that we have to come about. No, I've Things to say to you, Grace. His voice was controlled as his heart was wild. We have to go back, so we can't. She wanted to shout at him, say them now, right now, but she nodded. All right, Ethan, come about. The sun was gone when they docked. Crickets and peppers and their nightly chores filling the air with shrill to bright music. Overheard a few stars blinked through the haze, and a three-quarter moon shimmered. Air it cooled quickly, but she knew that wasn't the reason she was cold. So cold. He scared the lines himself silently just as he sailed home. Silently, he stepped back into the boat, sat across from her. The moon was still low, just riding the tops of the trees, but the early stars sprinkled down the light for her to see his face. There was no joy in it. I can't marry you, Grace. He spoke the words carefully, knowing they were, I'm sorry. I can't give you what you want. She gripped her hands together tightly. She didn't know whether they wanted to ball in the fists and pound or hang limp and shake like an old woman. Then you lied when you said you loved me. It might be kinder to tell her so, he thought. And she said, no, it would only be cowardly. She deserved the truth. All the truth. I didn't lie. I do love you. There were degrees of love. She wasn't fool enough to think of me. Not the way you need to love a woman you marry. I couldn't love any woman more than I love you, but I'm. She had up a hand, something that just occurred to her. If it was his reason for turning her away, she didn't think she could ever forgive him. Is it because of Aubrey? Yes, I have a child with another man. He moved fast so rarely, it took her by surprise when he snatched her hand out of the air and squeezed it hard enough for a bones against bone. I love her, Grace. I'd be proud for her to think of me as her father. You have to know that. I don't have to know anything. You say you love me and you love her, but you won't have us. You're hurting me, Ethan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He released her hand as he had burned his palm. I know I'm hurting you. I knew I would. I had no business letting things come to this. But you did. She said even you had to know I'd feel this way. And I expect you would feel the same. Yeah, I knew I should have been honest with you. I've got no excuse for it. Except I needed you. I needed you, Grace. Major isn't something I'm looking for. Oh, don't treat me like a fool, Ethan. She sighed now, too battered to be angry. People like us don't have relationships. We don't have affairs. We get married and raise families. We're simple and basic, and as amusing as that might be to some, that's just who we are. He stared down at his hands. She was right, of course, it would have been, but she didn't know he was simple and basic. It's not you, Grace. No. Hurt and humiliated, taking him inside her. She imagined Jack Casey would have said the same thing if he'd taken the time to say anything before that. If it's not me, who is it? I'm the only one here. 
It's me. I can't raise family because where I come from. Where you come from? You come from St. Christopher on the southern eastern shore. You come from Raymond and Stella Quinn. No, I come from the stinking slums of D.C. and Baltimore and too many other places to count. I come from a whore who sold herself in me for a bottle of Orphix. You don't know what I come from or what I've been. I know you come from a terrible place, Ethan. He spoke gently now, wanting to see the brutal pain in his eyes. I know your mother, your biological mother, was a prostitute. She was a whore. He's a prostitute. It's too clean a word. All right. Cautious now for the... For she saw more of the pain, she nodded slowly. There was fury as well, just as brutal. Lived through what no child should ever have to live through before you came here. For the Quins gave you hope and love and a home, and you became theirs. You became Ethan Quinn. Doesn't change the blood. I don't know what you mean. How the hell would you? He shot at her like a bullet, hot and dangerously sharp. How would she know? He got fiercely. She grown up. Knowing her parents and their parents never once happened to question what they had passed on to her, what she'd taken from them. But she would, before he was done, she'd know, and now it ended. She was a big woman. I get my hands from the, my feet to the length of my arms. It was down at those arms now. At those hands that bunched into fists that I was even being aware of it. I don't know where I get the rest from, because I don't think she knew who my father was any more than I did. There's another John she had bad luck with. She didn't get rid of me because she already had three abortions and was afraid to risk another. That's what she told me. That was cool of her. Jesus Christ, unable to sit even while he rose, leaped onto the doctor pace. Grace followed more slowly. He was right about one thing. She realized she didn't know this man, the one who moved in fast, jerky steps with his Swiss clints as if he could use them viciously. Or anything that moved in his path, so she stayed out of it. She was a monster. A fucking monster. She made me senseless for the hell of it, as often as when she figured she had a reason. Oh, Ethan, help us to do otherwise, she reached out. Don't touch me now. He wasn't sure what he might do. He put his hands on her just then, and then frightened. Don't touch me now. He repeated. She let her empty arms fall to her sides, bat him back. The tears that wanted to come. She had taken me to the hospital once. I guess she was afraid I was going to die on her. That's when we moved from D.C. to Baltimore. The doctor asked too many questions about how I fell down the steps and gave myself a concussion and a couple of cracked ribs. I used to wonder why she didn't just leave me behind. But then she got some welfare money because of me and I had a living and had a living punching bag. So goes, that was reason enough until I was eight. He stopped pacing. He stood still. Still. Stood facing her, and there was so much rage inside him, he could all but feel it, searing his pores, and the bitter eyes that stung his throat. That was when she figured I'd better start earning my keep. She'd been in life long enough to know where to go to find men who didn't much care for women, men who would pay for children. She couldn't speak even when she pressed a hand to her throat as if to push words, any words out. She could always stand there, her face bone white in the light of the rest of it, and her eyes huge and horrified. The first time, you fight. You fight like your life depends on it, and part of you doesn't believe it's really going to happen. It just can't happen. It doesn't matter that you know what sex is because you've been around the ugly edge of it all your life. You don't know what this is. Can't believe it's possible until it's happening. Until you can't stop it from happening.
Oh, he said, oh god, oh god, she's gonna wait for him, for the little boy, for a while where such words can exist. She made twenty dollars, and gave me two, and made a whore of me. No, Grace said, no. I burned the money, but that didn't change anything. She gave me a couple of weeks, and then she sold me again. You'll fight the second time, too, harder even than the first, because now you know, and now you believe, and you keep fighting every time. Over and over. It was saying that man until you just give up. You take the money and you hide it. Because one day you'll have enough. Then you'll kill her and get out. God knows you want to kill her maybe even more than you want to get out. She goes, Did you? He heard the raspiness in her voice. Took it for disgust rather than the sick fury it was. Fury for him, underscored with a vicious hope that he had all that he had. No. After a while, you just, your life, that's all. Nothing more, nothing less. You just live, turn away, now to stare toward the house, where the lights go in the windows, where music can, on guitar carried by the breeze, played pretty tune. I lived it until I was twelve, and one of the men she sold me to went a little crazy. He knocked me around pretty hard. That wasn't so unusual, but he was flying on something, and he went after her. They tore the place apart. Had enough trouble that a couple of neighbors who'd made it their business to mind their own got wild enough to beat on the door. He had his hands around her throat, and I was sprawled on the floor, looking up, watching her eyes bulge. And I was thinking, maybe he'll do it. Maybe he'll do it for me. She got her hand on the knife, and she jabbed it into him. He jammed it into his back, just as people beating on the door busted in. People were shouting and screaming. Pulled the son of a bitch wallets out of his pocket while he was bleeding on the floor. And she ran. She never even looked back. He started screaming back. Somebody called the cops and they got me to the hospital. I'm not clear on it, but that's where I ended up. Doctors and cops and social workers. He said, well, asking questions, writing things now. I guess they went looking for him, but they never found her. He lapsed into silence, so that there was only the lap of water, a call of insects, and echoing notes, a guitar, but she said nothing, but it wasn't finished, nothing. Stella Quinn was some medical conference in Baltimore, and she was doing guest round. We stopped by my bed. I guess she looked at my chart. I don't remember. I just remember her being there, putting her hands on the bed guard, looking down at me. She had kind eyes, not soft, but kind. She talked to me. In paying any attention to what she said. Just her voice. She kept coming back. Sometimes Ray would be with her. One day she told me I could go home with him if I wanted. He fell silent again. As if that was the end. But all Grace could think was when the Quinn had offered him a home, he'd been the beginning. He said, My heart breaks for you, and I know now that as much as I loved and admired the Quinn's ease, it wasn't enough. They saved you. They saved me, he grinned, and after I decided to live, I did everything I could to be something that honored that and them. You are and always have been the most honorable man I know. She went to him, put her arms around him, and held tight despite the fact that his arms didn't go for him. Let me help her. Let me be with you, Ethan. Let me love you. He shuddered, broke. His arms came around her now. Fiercely, his mouth took the comfort she offered. He swayed there, holding her on to her lifeline in this rash. I can't do this, Grace. It's not right from you.
You're right for me. See goodbye, money, but either way. Not that you've said change what I feel. Not the kid, I only love you more for work. Listen to me. His hands were steady, but they were firm as ripped her shoulders and pushed her. I can't give you what you need, what you want, what you should have. Marriage, children, shame. I don't, don't tell me you don't need them. I know you do. She drew it in there. Let it out. I need them. I need them with you. I need a life with you. I can't marry you. I can't give you children. I promised myself I'd never risk passing on. But you have whatever pieces of her are in me. There's nothing of her in you. There is. Fingers tight for you. You saw that day in the woods when I took you against the tree like an animal. You saw when I yelled at you. Over working in a bar, and I've seen it too many times to count when someone pushes me the wrong way once too often. Holding it back doesn't mean it's not there. I can't take vows with you, make a job with you. I love you too much. I don't believe it's even it's ever going to happen. It's scared more than she's scared more than your body. It's your heart she really abused. I can help you heal it if the rest of the way here. You're not listening to me. You're not hearing me. If you can't accept the way things have to be between us, I'll understand. I'll never blame you for stepping back and looking for what you want with someone else. The best thing for you is for me to let you go. And that's what I'm doing. Letting me go. I want you to go home. You release me step back. Battles of being in a huge dark one. Why do you think this altar? You'll see it my way. Then you can decide if we should go on seeing each other the way we have been, or if you want me to leave you be. I want no. You don't know what you want right now. You need time and so do I. I'd rather you went on. I don't want you here right now, Craig. That's what the man did. You don't want me here. Not now. He said his jaw when he saw Craig's swimming in her eyes for real good. He might go home and leave me be for a while. Took a step back. Then another. Then turned and ran around the house rather than through it. She couldn't bear having anyone see her with tears on her cheeks. And this was in this awful tearing pain in her heart. He wouldn't have her, was all she could think. He wouldn't let her feel it. Hey, Grace, hey. Grace abandoned his pursuit of the lightning bugs. That's like a flash of dark. And he said, I've got about a million of these suckers. He started to hold over her. Then he saw the tears, heard them in her rugged breathing. As she fumbled the door handle, what's wrong? Why are you crying? Did you get hurt? You sounded at the breath. Pressed the hand or oh yes, oh yes, I'm hurt. It's nothing, I have to go I can't I can't stay. She tore open the car door, stumbled inside. Says it went from puzzled grim as he watched her drive away. Hot with fury he stormed around the side of the house, slapping the bright shadow on the edge of the porch. He saw the shadow on the dock and sure tore it with fish glance from you bastard. You son of a bitch. He waited till Ethan turned. Ram his fist as sorry as he couldn't just He made her cry. I know I did. The fresh and physical pain jolted through and joined the rest. This isn't your business, Seth. Go in the house. Fuck you. You heard her. Go on. Try to hurt me. It won't be so easy. Teeth barked. Seth swung again and again till Ethan picked him up by the collar and set him head and held him dangling over the end of the dock. Go off, you hear me, or I'll tell she went. He had a hard threatening shake, but his heart wasn't it. You think I want to hurt her? You think I got any pleasure out of it? Then why did you? Says John, turning like a bitch. There wasn't any choice. Suddenly, abandoned and weary, Ethan dropped set to his feet on the dock. Leave me alone. <laughs> he murmured and sat on the edge, giving in. 
put his head in his hands, pressed his fingers to his eye, just leave me alone. So I shifted his feet. It wasn't his grace who was hurt. Yeah, I really understood that a girl man could be not this way. But Ethan was tentatively. He stepped forward, stuck his hand in his pockets, pulled them out, shuffled side, and said, Women, such in a level and considering voice, make a man want to shoot himself in the head and be done with it. It was something he heard Philip say to Cam, and he thought it might be appropriate. He was rewarded when Ethan let out a short laugh, even if it wasn't happening. Yeah, I guess they can. Ethan draped an arm around Seth's shoulder, pulled the boy close to his side, and took a little comfort. <laughs> In chapter 17, I warned you.